Listen to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golset. It is Wednesday, February 27th. Uh, we are literally one week from Ash Wednesday. We are. One week. That is crazy. Which is also Lent weird begins. because it's a later Ash Wednesday this year, too. So it's like coming up quickly, but not. I don't know. <laughs> also in uh, in the next two weeks. So Lent begins next week, yeah. um, marked with uh, Ash Wednesday. And then also a uh, unique opportunity here in the Missouri District, a mm-hmm. uh, conference on a family ministry right around the corner as well. So we'll learn about that today also. Thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about them at cuw.edu. Joining us by phone this morning, the Reverend Dr. Kent Burrison. He's Louis A. Finke and Anna B. Shine, Professor of Systematic Theology and Dean of the Chapel at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. And Chapel is coming up very soon, so we get to talk to him quickly so he can get to Chapel. Dr. Burrison, thanks so much for being our guest this morning. My pleasure. Good to be on. Ash Wednesday, one week away. Are you ready? Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what what do we know about the history of Ash Wednesday? What are the, the origins of Ash Wednesday? Yeah, so Ash Wednesday uh, originated in the early church's practice of uh, penitence um, in the 6th, 5th, and 6th centuries when people were uh, committed very serious kinds of sins. The uh, church required them to undergo a period of penance in which they uh, reflected upon their sins and repented of their sins. And as part of that, they uh, often donned sackcloth and ashes as a, as a symbol of their um, status of being in the order of penitence. So that's sort of the genesis of Ash Wednesday. Um, it develops from that in the 6th centuries into the 7th and 8th centuries when the order of penance uh, dissolved. Basically, they didn't do that for for serious kinds of sins anymore. And but there developed a practice in the German areas uh, in what we would call Germany today of everyone uh, imposing uh, ashes upon themselves as a sign of their um, Lenten fast. And so that's really the origins of Ash Wednesday. It spread from Germany then into Rome, and once it uh, got into Rome, then it uh, it has had the tendency in the medieval period of spreading throughout the entire church from Rome um, because people wanted to imitate what was going on in Rome. So that's really the, the genesis of Ash Wednesday. So about the 7th to 8th centuries when it became a, a more prominent practice in the Western church. Is this something that, that is kind of... Uh uh, across all denominations these days, or, or are there some denominations that uh, that practice it more than others? I think it has become in the in the modern period, especially post Vatican II, uh, across Protestant denominations that tend to use you know, tend to embrace or or welcome some of the tradition of the church in terms of its liturgical practice, I think it has become more widespread. So you'll find it uh, obviously amongst uh, Anglicans, Episcopalians, Roman Catholics, of course, um, and Lutherans, but I think you'll find some Presbyterians and Methodists also using uh, ashes on Ash Wednesday. Not all of the Methodist and Presbyterian churches, but more than would have been the case, let's say, 60 years ago. You still aren't going to find it amongst the, the churches that that don't embrace some of the traditional practices like uh, Southern Baptists or, or um, uh, other kinds of Armenian denominations. But a lot of uh, a lot of denominations, I think, are using ashes on Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I know I, I, in the last few years, I've paid a little bit more attention to this, but uh, certain certain churches on my commute have these signs out that say, uh, drive through for your ashes on Ash Wednesday. Um, it, but what what should we be 
meditating on, I guess, when, when we receive ashes? Or, or is, is that an appropriate uh, practice for us to, to, to drive through and get the ashes and we're, and we're done? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously you, you're dealing with a very mobile and, uh, and time-conscious society, so I mm-hmm. understand that kind of concern. But I think the, the, the push toward you know, offering them in, in this kind of quick fashion uh, removes some of the primary reason for why you would receive ashes. And, and there, there are basically two reasons. Um, you know, it is a sign, because it was associated with fasting, uh, it was associated with the reality of preparing for Christ's uh, death and resurrection at Easter. So it's part of the Lenten discipline. And it's, so it's manifesting the fact that you're reflecting upon your sins, you're repenting uh, for your sins. And the, the second aspect is that you recognize your mortality, that because you're a sinner, uh, you, are, um, you face the reality of death. Um, that death is the punishment for sin. And so it sort of has that dual focus of reflecting upon your your sinfulness, uh, confessing your sins, repenting of your sins, and then also uh, reflecting upon your mortality and that you're dependent entirely upon the grace of God um, in Christ to bring you to new life. And so I think, you know, drive-through ashes uh, could mitigate some of the um, reflection that needs to occur based upon your sinfulness and your own mortality. In our tradition, Ash Wednesday typically marks the the beginning of Lent, but that seems to move from year to year. Um, How is this determined? How is the date of Ash Wednesday determined? So Ash Wednesday is determined by the reality of the date of Easter. So Easter controls everything in in the church calendar. So the date of the date of whatever the date of Easter is determined, and that, and that's a relatively complex formula. But the date of Easter, uh, you have forty days of of in the West, in the Western Church, you have forty days of Lent, and that's basically forty days of fasting. At least that was the medieval understanding of things. And Sundays are not considered days of fasting. So in order to, because Sundays are always days of the resurrection, so the church has never traditionally fasted on Sundays, ever. And so how do you, how do you get 40 days of fasting? You don't have it if you start with Lent, the Sunday of Lent 1, the first Sunday in Lent. You don't have 40 days getting up to, to Easter Sunday. So if you advance it back, um, what is that, four days, Saturday, Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, four days, then you get 40 days prior to Easter Sunday, 40 days of fasting other than the Sundays in Lent. And that that determines the date of Ash Wednesday. So once you know what the date of Easter is, count back uh, 40 days in addition to the Sundays in, in Lent, and you get to the date for Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have the uh, the traditional Mardi Gras Fat Tuesday the day before as well. But that's a different that's a different discussion uh, with all of those customs and practices. Right. Um, what is uh, what is the the historical context of the actual imposition of ashes in the service for Ash Wednesday? That's something that that we'll do here um, at the International Center next right. week. But what is right. what is that cultural context? And we'll, we'll of course do it on campus mm-hmm. here next Wednesday too. Um, yeah, so that. Like I like I said, the the practice of the imposition of ashes developed in the. I mean, you had you had the the move toward moving ash, uh, moving the date of Lent back to Ash Wednesday, as I indicated. That developed in Rome in about the sixth seventh centuries, and initially they had this refrain that they used, um, "Let us don sackcloth and ashes," and they just sang that as they were. 
um, moving toward, the, basically toward the Basilica, toward, toward St. John Lateran in Rome. And as they were moving up to, to, the, to the Basilica, they sang this in procession. And initially, they understood that as sort of um, symbolic, metaphorical. They didn't, they didn't actually don sackcloth and ashes. But there were, then in Germany, they took it very seriously, literally, and they started Im- imposing ashes, going back to this practice uh, of with the penitents in the early church. They actually started imposing ashes upon themselves and donning sackcloth, and eventually that spread into, the, um, into Rome. And initially, they would sprinkle ashes on the heads of the clergy and uh, uh, the men, uh, and then the women received the sign of the cross. And at some point uh, over the next about three centuries, um, the imposition in the sign of, form of the sign of the cross became standard for all of the everybody who was participating in the rite. And it became obligatory in the Roman Catholic Church in the 12th century that you had to receive ashes on Ash Wednesday. But the formula that's in Lutheran Service Book, for instance, what we do, what you'll, what you'll practice down at the IC and what we do here on campus and what most of our churches will use, uh, that text goes all the way back to the 11th and 12th centuries. It basically hasn't changed for what is that, um, 1,300, 1,400 years. What about the ashes th- <laughs> themselves? Are there any traditions in obtaining the ashes? Yeah, so um, this developed about the same time, about the 11th, 12th, 13th centuries, um, that they would take the palm branches that were used as part part of the palm procession on Palm or Passion Sunday, uh, the Sunday before Easter Sunday, uh, in uh, the Lenten cycle, they would take those palm branches and they would burn them at some point uh, after uh, after Easter. And in burning, they developed uh, essentially the ashes from those palm branches are the ashes then that would be used on Ash Wednesday. And it sort of becomes a, a nice symbolic tie back to uh, Christ's entry into Jerusalem, his death, and then those ashes that derive from that liturgical practice then being used on Ash Wednesday to remind us of our uh, sinfulness uh, and our uh, mortality, our sinfulness especially that, that drove Christ to the cross. So uh, there's, there's a nice liturgical sort of subtle tie-in symbolically uh, with using those, uh, the ashes from those palm branches. At Concordia, um, when I was at Concordia Chicago, Me we yeah. yeah we had uh, disposable purificators, oh. so they would they would keep all of those for the year and they would add them to the palm branches. Yeah. Um, we would we would throw it all in a in a metal bin in the <laughs> outside the chapel yeah. and, and we'd burn it burn. every year. That that was a that was a really cool thing to to, to witness. And yep. and the, the disposable purificators were that was a cool thing. Yeah. I remember doing that with the palms, but if I remember correctly, we saved the palms from the year before because they had to dry out. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you don't want to dry. try to burn That's green right. palms. That may not end well. Saved them from the year before and then mm-hmm. uh, used it and did that on Shrove Tuesday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so many uh, traditions, but uh, so many images and uh, time for reflection and meditation mm-hmm. in those traditions as well. The Reverend Dr. Kent Burrison, Louis A. Finke, and Anna B. Shine, Professor of Systematic Theology and Dean of Chapel at Concordia Seminary. Thanks so much for helping us prepare for Ash Wednesday. My pleasure. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll learn about the Family Ministry Conference coming up right here in Missouri, the uh, Missouri District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri. Cindy, you're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Mm-hmm.